Before we begin, I'd like to proudly mention our sponsor, Injitsu.com, providing remote at-home training from some of the world's top MMA fighters. These classes are not pre-recorded. These trainers come to you live and coach you for the duration of the class. I've personally taken a few of these classes, and I've never felt so inspired and accomplished in a workout session. They'll leave you both on the floor in exhaustion, but wanting more. There are still slots available for online classes, so head over to injitsu.com slash richardlistens to get your first class free. That's I-N-J-I-T-S-U dot com slash richardlistens. I'll see you there. I'm a big fan of MMA sports. It's rough and elegant at the same time. I think my number one fear of stepping into a ring like that would be protecting my teeth. Luckily, the guys over at Impact Dental Designs have created an amazing mouth guard that is state of the art. These mouth guards are currently being used by some of the best MMA fighters, but even better, they can be tailored to any sport. Football, hockey, boxing, soccer, the list is endless. Head over to impactdentaldesigns.com slash richardlistens to get 20% off your order and a free customized design for your mouth guard. and thank you for joining me for another episode of Richard Listens Quarantine Edition. Got an exciting new guest today. Gosh, when you're in a slump or in a struggling uh, moment or time, even like this, a little bit of hope is sometimes all it takes. Uh, so uh, before we bring our guest in, and please, if you haven't already, check out my Instagram at Richard Listens and check out patreon.com slash Richard Listens for advanced content and to become a supporter of the show. The show does not happen without my listeners and all of you coming together and making this happen so we can go out, bring to you stories of meaning, of purpose, and you know anything you give, $1, $3, it's not too little. It makes the world go round and enables me to bring my passion to you. Thank you for letting me walk the walk so I can be the best version of myself for my listeners. Today's guest is Mr. Steve Graff, who is a former Ohio State University linebacker, former national champion of their 2002 national team. He's a gentle giant. He's, uh, <laughs> I'm sure um, he is uh, on the path less traveled. He has created a platform called Mindurance for Stress Management, which may be the greatest tool available to you and your loved ones right now during quarantine and beyond meant for athletes or those needing on-demand stress consultation or performance consultation with a provider in various sports and expertise domains. So uh, without further ado, he's a psychologist, former sports psychologist at Ohio State University. Uh, you can find him on Instagram at Mindurance, M-I-N-D-U-R-A-N-C-D, and uh, all of his other social media, uh, Steve Graff, G-R-A-E-F. Sure you'll enjoy him. I know I will. I'm a provider on the Mindurance portal, self-disclosure. So I hope you enjoy the show. Without further ado, Mr. Steve Graff. Hey, Steve. I busted out a special well, shirt for you today, man. I bet I busted out a sign of hope for you. Lynn Sanity. Look at that. <laughs> Sometimes you just need a little bit of hope. Oh, 
That's all it takes, right? Look, get, I'm tying it all in. Star Wars, quarantine. We just need a little bit of something. That's it, man. Thank you so much for joining I'm, us uh, today. I'm blanking I, on the uh, the um, the Great White song. We all need a little shelter. Cinderella. Now I'm seeing what you were listening to in the locker room in high school right now. You're, you're revealing. Yeah. It. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't, yeah. Right around then, right? High you know, I'm, honestly, I'm probably a little young for that being really in the heyday. And, and in high school, we were kind of weird. We were listening to like, um, well, we did like the Limp Bizkit, the Pantera stuff. But then we would celebrate with Backstreet Boys. Like it was just, you know, the <laughs> adolescents were just kind of like, <laughs> yeah, Backstreet Boys back then, right? They 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 towed the line really well, right? They Just really like, did, and kudos to that to management on that to find a way <laughs> to kind of uh, cross cross the gap, um, and then probably more. Just straight up kind of metal in, in college and such, but totally love the that eighties rock, the Motley Crue, the Poison, the Cinderella. And actually I looked up your office. It looks like what, two and a half miles from uh sunset. Sunset, that's right. Everything's close in LA. Now with no traffic, you know, you get this like the first week or two of the quarantine, you're like, I can get anywhere in ten minutes. Like I've been back and forth to the UCLA campus in twelve minutes, then you're like Oh, but this means everyone's at home and not working and where are the students and oh, look at all those doctors. And so you go through this whole, but you realize how close everything is. Uh, you know, you're really, you're seven miles from the beach and everything is so accessible. So you're really close to like the heart of, of rock and roll and a lot of amazing things. I know that's probably why I haven't left LA for, I can't believe I say it now, 20 years. This was not meant to be a destination. Uh, you know, coming from the East Coast. But my cousin, who was a basketball player I shared that with, owned a nightclub where they shot a couple movies, uh, which you might remember, called Reality Bites and Ed TV. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, uh, and so, you know, what's better than when you're coming from like a classroom, masters in, in psychology, and all of a sudden you're around musicians, fire breathers, actors, uh, I was like, this seems like a nice diversion. Uh, so, you know, literally yeah. I had, I like, I had to have my computer mailed out behind me, uh, and get locked into my cousin's apartment just to finish my master's thesis. So every time someone is procrastinating, I'm like, I feel you. <laughs> <laughs> I ran, I tried to run away from the thesis. I, I totally get what you're saying. <laughs> oh yeah, dude. And computers yeah. used to be heavy, right? I mean, my parents sent me like those a huge crate <laughs> with like <laughs> you probably could have been cheaper to buy one. Oh, and you were were you doing like the data collection on like the the, the punch cards, the three point five uh, mega floppy disks and stuff? Yep, oh <laughs> Commodore sixty four, baby. That's right. My kids look at me like, "What is this?" Dad, what are you talking about? <laughs> Well, I just got well, finished. California is yeah. one of those places that I haven't spent a lot of time in, but because I'm RV dwelling, it's honest. It's a place that I think I'd like to go and just settle into for a couple months, six months, and just see if it's as 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 kind of the vibe stays, or if it it's fun for a little bit, and then I'm kind of ready to go. But anytime I hear somebody say you know, talk about California and LA, like it just, it brings like a little of a reverberation through me. Yeah. And this is a good, a good uh, topic. And I want to tie into your personal journey, but I'm reading now, I don't know if you've read 
uh, Jack Kerouac and On the Road, uh, his book. So I just picked I up, you know, I'm in quarantine. I keep looking at my shelf of the big books that I haven't finished. And I'm like, it's like a challenge taunting you. Like, uh, the, so I opened up Town in the City and Jack, and all of Jack Kerouac's books are about the journey. Like they're on the road to so the people you're with, who you meet. And even if it's like a night or two or three, it's like all about the interactions and very rich descriptions about the quality of people and the beauty of places they go and the wind, everything is really described amazing. And you get this, you know, a lot of his stories are like Big Sur and going up the California coast. And it's so, you know, romantic. And if, and if you can really enjoy it um, and, and do like, I know you're a big fan of Tim Ferriss and the, you know, for our work week and really be able to take in how beautiful California is. Um, it would be such a real gift because the weather obviously is unparalleled and some of the sites uh, and you go from, uh, you know, San Diego. I don't know how people work in San Diego. Like everybody there seems to be like a triathlete. They're just like, <laughs> they're like just running successful corporations while like running 22 miles and hopping in a kayak. You're like, <laughs> I just don't, I don't, yeah, what, what am I missing here? Right. That's why I get, yeah, you hope, I guess, you know, you guess that's why their baseball team isn't that great. They're kind of like, even if we lose, like life is great. You know? Our BMIs are still under 20. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, exactly. We've got, we've got three other sports we're working on. That's right. <laughs> so, so, so how did you come to this evolution from, you know, athlete to, right, this is opposite for you. Being in quarantine is like you can't move and travel about the cabin. Um, you know, how did you find yourself here? I mean, now going from athlete to, to starting my endurance, I read a little bit uh, to our audience and listeners on the uh, intro uh, to, to being in an RV and trying to explore and still run a company. And now right. – stuck in quarantine <laughs> well i'll give the the chronological breakdown and feel free to interject um i guess i'll give the short version and then i can deep dive with a little more jack kerouac detail <laughs> there you go <laughs> and depending on the type of listener i could really deep dive into some stories as necessary <laughs> but um well, it all started in Northeast Ohio. So I was born and raised um, about 45, 50 minutes south of Cleveland in Akron Canton area, uh, LeBron country as it's known now. LeBron country, yeah. And was an all-state linebacker and a tight end and was uh, really successful in high school, played early as a, as a sophomore, which was pretty rare at our school. So big fish in a small pond, but a little slow. So though I had a lot of tackles and could figure things out, those intangibles that really at the Division I level folks are looking for, I was literally kind of a step behind in. Um, and so I was actually about ready to give up football uh, because I didn't want to play at a Division One or Division Three school or Division Two or Division Three school. I wanted, uh, we had a pretty good community of, of football watchers, but I had the opportunity to walk on and play football at the Ohio State. And so I went in as this big fish in a small pond and I go to Ohio state and I'm like the pond scum on the bottom of the Pacific ocean. Right. We're like, I'm just hoping I'm like a little barnacle on the whale that's traveling. Did they give you, did they give you a message like that? Like, Hey, you can practice, but you'd be lucky if you see the field. I mean, did they, or is that just what you felt? Yeah. 
that's what I felt. Um, and in some ways, it was a little bit of the op opposite where you could, hey, come on down. And, you know, there's the opportunity to earn a scholarship. So there was a little more optimism and hope. But then when I actually got down there and I met these other athletes, it was just a completely humbling experience. Like, where did you come from? You're 285 pounds running a 4840. Like, how is that possible? You're faster than me. And so there was, a, there was a lot of that. So it was a really tough adjustment, which I think now offers a lot of empathy as I'm meeting with athletes that are trying to adjust to the new reality of, especially as a freshman at an institution like in Ohio State or in my private practice. So I found my kind of where I was gonna be on the totem pole. Um, I was gonna be a team GPA guy, so keep up that grade point average. And I was going to play whatever linebacker or defensive end we happened to be playing that week on the scout team. And that was my role for four years. I was fortunate to be right place, right time to win a national championship in 02. Great triple overtime game against the Miami Hurricanes out in Tempe, Arizona. And so really had an awesome experience. Um, Finished up with my degree in psychology and knew I wanted to go on and got my master's and PhD in counseling psychology from the University of Akron, bounced around a little bit and did anything legally to earn a 1099, and then eventually landed at Ohio State um, in 2013 after an internship down at IMG to be one of the sports psychologists at Ohio State. And wow. IMG, is it? Now that's a premier, like academy for prep school like high school level so the people who really want to know they want to play collegiate sports correct correct and they offer a variety of internships but the internship that i signed up for was a three-month summer internship and the reason being is i was getting in the world of sports psychology there's a lot of emphasis on um, making sure that you know what you're doing as a sports psychologist, because there's a lot of tendency for psychologists that read Sports Illustrated to call themselves a sports psychologist. And so I was very aware of that. And I didn't want to be one of those that felt like they, they weren't allowed to call themselves a sports psychologist. And so though I, my internship at Ball State specialized in that, and I took curriculum under the guidance of Alan Cornspan at Akron. I knew I had it, but I just wanted that little extra cutting of my teeth to make sure that I felt good about it. So I went down to IMG and got a, some great additional mentorship from folks down there. Um, and by the end of it, I felt like I was pretty ready to go. And apparently I was because I landed the dream job at the time at Ohio State back at the alma mater, working with the student athletes there as a previous student athlete at Ohio State. Wow, what was that like for you? Like just going on that interview and, and then them, you know, them saying we're excited about this. Oh, Rich, I, I prepared the hell out of the thing. So I've made these, this like little booklet with the people that I was interviewing, their pictures, what I wanted to talk to them about. I had even cut my hair, so I was clean shaven, <laughs> looking good, chiseled cheeks. I saw some pictures online. I was like, wow. <laughs> Who did this clean guy? Up guys? <laughs> hey, I think I'm, I, uh, I'm working on the quarantine 25 right now, so I think that's the <laughs> – <laughs> 25 pounds and probably 25 millimeters of extra beard too so if you're out there watching i apologize check back in here in a few months I'll look like Mario Lopez. it's like everybody's got like you know a beard i'm having conversation with people in warehouses i mean 
<laughs> if you look too clean cut, I'm dubious right now. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. Um, so, so, so really, yeah. Ohio State started off as a, as a dream job, great opportunity. Um, it made sense. It felt awesome being back there. There were still some of my previous football coaches that were still on staff. So they'd, you know, throw some jokes out there every once in a while, like, hey, Grafe, what's up? Like, oh, that's right. I have to call you Dr. Grafe. <laughs> um, which is to be a little bit expected, a little bit of that Jocelyn back. Well, I was going to ask, like, did the university go through a shift? I know Division One sports and now a lot of programs have you know, a sports psychologist or a clinical team or an entire performance team. Was there an evolution between the time you left and the time they hired, uh, both in terms of bringing on sports psychologists and internally what you felt? I mean, naturally, coaches are sometimes, like you said, there's a little bit of a don't step on my toes or, uh, you know, step in only when asked. Yeah, yes. And the models of of sports psychological care at Ohio State had changed uh, a few different times, starting in the late 80s, um, really brought to fruition uh, with Chris Carr in the 90s. And then there was um, Jen Carter and and Leif Smith in the the 2000s when I was there and and beyond. And there made some shifts from when they were housed in kind of the counseling center uh, versus the athletics department, and when I came on, it was it was in sports medicine, and so OSU Wexner Medical Center sports medicine facility really wanted a um, robust psychology department that not only could absorb working with the OSU student athletes, but also had a presence in the larger Columbus community as well. So, in addition to my work with OSU student athletes, I would also see community clients that were either sports psychological in nature or just happened to be struggling with anxiety and depression and needed the assessment, diagnosis, and treatment of, of those things. So though, as you might imagine, over time, I saw those two populations um, running into each other. And I'm not a guy that can like see 30, 35 clients a week. I'm not really built that way. So I knew that that wasn't gonna be sustaining for me and at the same time, I was reading Tim Ferriss's four-hour work week. Um, I had taken my first international trip to Thailand and Vietnam with a couple of high school buddies. So you could imagine there's this whole coming of age and this new chapter that was showing itself in front of me during this time where I was at my dream job. I thought it was my dream job, but damn it, there's this whole other life that's out there that could be grabbed onto so how can i make that connection between the two and that is when my endurance came to more of a fruition was it how did it start right because i mean a lot of people have an idea you know i mean and that that fight right if you never come to that way to, to keep your dream present for a lot of people it's like it eats away at them over years of staying with their quote-unquote dream job so how did, how did the idea behind my endurance come to you? Um, and, uh, you know, what were the initial seeds that started? Yeah. Cause it, it's formally founded in 2016. Is that right? Formally founded in 2015. And what's interesting is after my pre-doctoral internship in 2009, I came back and I was sitting on my ass in my parents' house 
And my endurance came to me at that time. So I actually made some flyers, had a really simple WordPress um, website. And I actually met with a, f- a friend of my mother's uh, who was a runner. And I just, I, I remember we met at the library, the North Canton Library, and used one of the private rooms. And we had a session. She paid me 50 bucks and we had a session. I think I talked to her about building confidence and I had all my worksheets and everything. And uh, it was before I got my PhD. So I was, I was calling myself a sports psychology consultant. She was my only client. And then soon thereafter, I got a job at a uh, teaching psychology at a small nursing college, uh, Altman College of Nursing. So then I was actually getting more of an income and I let the my endurance thing slip, but I had it. I had a weekly newsletter, like I was ready to go. And then I actually got gainfully employed and it kind of fell by the wayside. So there was that little seed that was sitting in that fertile ground, just waiting for the next opportunity to be watered and sprouted. And I don't know who I, I was reading last week, you know, I don't know if it's uh, Kathy Heller, who's uh, got the uh, Don't Keep Your Day Job podcast, who's going to be a guest uh, in June on my show. But, you know, talking about like, well, do you pursue your side hustle and give up your day job? This whole debate, you know, I know it's been that way with, with the Richard Listens podcast, too. But it's like, you know, no, sometimes you have to do your day job and pursue your side hustle. And maybe sometimes, right, it has to take a little bit of a back burner uh until like you know life is stabilized to the place where you can give it more of an investment yeah you're absolutely right and there is that balance there because on the one hand you can't just quit something and go completely balls to the wall because it's not like the client fairy magically throws clients under <laughs> your pillow while you're sleeping right so there's no doubt time to, of development and that development time can can certainly vary um, especially if it happens to be during a global pandemic of which the world hasn't seen in a long time. Um, though at the same time, the more that you have your, your day job, you're not going to hustle it either. And so that's what I ended up running into at Ohio state is as long as I have the umbilical cord attached to Brutus, um, I'm not going to fully hustle my endurance. And so at some point I have to shit or get off the pot. And I ended up working my way down to part-time and they were really nice. They let me waive my non-compete. And so I was able to start my endurance and maintain working with student athletes at Ohio State. And then it got to a point where I was just seeing the student athletes online, but it was finally that kind of decision-making process of here's the deal. You're going to, Steve, you're going to be 50 years old still at Ohio State and never fully developing and nurturing your baby? Would you rather try to give my endurance a good run or do you want to try to maintain both? And I felt, well, I'm going to try to give my endurance a good run and see what happens. So I finally moved on from Ohio State and are now in kind of version three, I guess you could say, of my endurance. So from that small first library session to an individual practice that was really just me meeting with my clients to now a more fully scaled platform where athletes, performing artists and professionals have an opportunity to receive telecoaching for stress management and performance enhancement on demand in a cost-effective manner. Yeah, that's beautiful. And in the introduction, um, I was saying that, that maybe now more than ever, my endurance is, appropriate for everybody who's in quarantine because a lot of people are going through I mean you know 
anxiety based on, you know, not being able to move, not being able to perform your sport. I, I listened to your piece uh, off one of the local news networks uh, you were on recently about uh, grief, symptoms of grief uh, that people are going through. Uh, so maybe we can you know, talk about that a little bit because it's like some form of like it's loss in a whole different way. Um, yeah, I know there's a lot of opportunities we're trying to speak to, but I also like want to give people a chance to like, it's okay to be feeling this kind of loss and anxiety and, and my endurance might be the exact place where you can reach out on demand, not have to go through a list of providers and get, you know, kind of on demand someone to speak to, uh, whether it be on the field or off. Yeah. So what's interesting about athletes is usually they're, we're all very goal oriented and we're very much focused on what's in front of us at this very uh, at this very moment. So I can imagine for a lot of these athletes and performing artists who have had concert tours canceled, seasons canceled, senior years just have vanished. Um, it's that's a tough pill to swallow. But then you also recognize that well, everyone's going through this, which kind of settles the intensity of it and the season isn't like right around the corner. So I think it offers some interesting aspects of just how distraught people are. And in addition to that, there's all sorts of messages that are out there that are almost saying like, if you're an athlete, you must be losing it right now. And so some athletes might be like, well, no, I'm not losing it. I mean, it sucks <laughs> and I'm playing video games most of the day and I'm not training as hard as I did. But once I figure out when the season gets scheduled again, then I'll start sharpening the ax. And the hope with my endurance is that certainly at this time, you don't have to wait to sharpen the ax, right? It doesn't have to be this like super serious, like, well, Steve and, and Richard, I'm not as like really distraught as what the newspaper articles are saying. I'm like, well, that's actually fine. Um, you can still, I, I don't have to be completely out of shape to work out. I can work out to maintain fitness, physical fitness, and you can use my endurance to maintain mental fitness. All right. So that's really the approach that we're trying to take is, yeah, there's some stress associated with these seasons being canceled and the delays that are occurring. And we, you can talk to us about that. And there's a variety of performers that you can talk to about that. And if you don't have practices right now, you have a ton of time to work on your self-talk, how you envision yourself being successful, working on your confidence, thinking through obstacles and potential things that might cause you anxiety during a performance, working on those things now. So then when you return to season time and those scheduled get put in place, now you feel ready to go instead of scrambling. Yeah, I was uh, watching the last dance um, with uh, you know a little aside here with uh, and I was and I was thinking in my backyard, you know, I'd always be practicing, and you're like, you know, you wouldn't be like, well, this is you know Richard Olberger going up for the jumper. You'd be like, you know, you'd be imitating Scottie Pippen's move, and you're trying to execute it. So you know, it, you know, isn't that part of practice for your like fourth quarter down by two, thirteen? Like you practice scenarios that you might be in where there's pressure involved in whatever sport you're in uh, and running through things like that, that might help your, you know, acuity stay, stay present. Um, what are the kind of drills have you find, you know, besides like imitating um, temperature conditions or, or, you know, playing in certain situations that might mimic game day 
that can help athletes, you know, during this transition? Yeah, so imagery can take on a lot of different forms. I think uh, when we have a tendency to visualize or when we have when we think about imagery is we tend to want to think about the things that are going to go well for us, right? And visualize success. So that's certainly a, a type of imagery that is that is very helpful because if you can see yourself being successful kind of primes the brain to start thinking well maybe it is possible versus going in completely blind so if i go up and i visualize hey if i go up and talk to that girl at starbucks and there's a chance she might talk to me back <laughs> that's going to give me a little more confidence and bravado now my heart might still be racing or whatever right that's still part of the process but it's certainly better having that reel go through your head and watching that move movie go through your head than the alternative of what could happen which is like scalding hot coffee in your face so visualizing success um but then there's always there's also the opportunity to visualize what could potentially go wrong and how am i going to mitigate that and how am i going to adapt and overcome what could possibly go wrong so those are really two easy ways to grasp imagery and to your point the more realistic that it could be whether that is through your sensory experience of uh, visualizing what it is that you see, playing audios of things that you might hear, recreating the taste in your mouth. So if you're an athlete having Gatorade, right, and even feeling and acknowledging the taste of Gatorade that's in your mouth, having the mouthpiece, mouthpiece in. So there's really a lot of ways to enhance that, that vividness. And what's awesome about imagery, it's not always super fun to just sit down for 10 minutes and picture yourself being successful or handling obstacles, but a little bit can go a long way to just start building those neural pathways of what success looks like and how I can make it happen. It seems like everyone these days is trying new workout systems. Some people go to the gym, others may run, but I've recently discovered a great in-home method that is absolutely amazing. I'm taking in-jitsu classes online where I'm being trained and pushed in real time by top MMA fighters straight from the octagon. Injitsu.com provides real-time classes so you can get a top-notch workout from the comfort of your own home. These classes are absolutely going to sell out. So head over to injitsu.com slash richardlistens to get your first class for free. That's I-N-J-I-T-S-U dot com slash Richard Listens. Protecting your child's teeth is important in any sport. That's why Impact Dental Designs has put so much thought into their state-of-the-art mouth guards, protecting athletes in youth sports all the way up to advanced MMA fighters and champions. And the best part is you can customize your own design for your own creative and fun mouth guard. So head over to impactdentaldesigns.com slash Richard Listens. And if you purchase now, you get a free customized design and 20% off your order. That's beautiful. I, you know, and I don't even know what it's called, Steve, but I thought I would bring it to you because I, you know, I don't often get a sports psychologist to work on me, you know, so. Um, but <laughs> this quarantine, you know, uh, has kept me literally, you know, physically still at times. I had a uh, fever for a few days. We spoke during that point. I had then came out of it at ankle injury, elbow injury. And but the stillness. Yeah, it was. I'm really grateful and, and thankful for, for everyone who's been a part of that and really appreciative for health. And I know that's part of you know, what this, this quarantine is teaching me. 
and teaching a lot of us. But the gift of the stillness, there was a type of imagery that I experienced where, you know, you know, you see in the movies where like the, the football player goes back and sees himself at eight years old at Pop Warner and some experience on the sun. Like I started, because I couldn't physically go anywhere mentally, you're able to go back into like the deeper wells of where you got this appreciation for nature maybe. So just sitting in my backyard and being around the grass and the trees, I got to have like a meditative experience with connection to stillness and gratitude. Uh, you know, and so, you know, I'm wondering if there's some tool like that, you know, there's something about athletes that go into that real quiet place of love for your sport or why you play that sport. Now that we're not hustling to six practices and, you know, four games on the weekend, like at some point it becomes such a job and you as a division one athlete, I mean, no, I don't know how, you know, people do that. Like that's a level of stress and performance that a lot of executives don't experience at a very young age. Uh, you know, so, so how do athletes bring themselves back to a little bit of that slowness and simpleness to maintain their excitement about continuing? I think just to start, I'm a, I'm a big, like too easy to fail. Like what's the simplest form of this and the simplest form of this. I mean, it's not simple for everyone, but it's just the reminder of slow the fuck down <laughs> next t-shirts for my doors <laughs> yeah there it is yeah exactly <laughs> slow the fuck down and whether you go deep into discovering what it is about sport that really enlivens you okay maybe you get there right maybe you get all dalai lama on yourself and can do that work and that's fine and for many individuals, they're not there yet. The idea of sitting down and listening to Headspace for 10 minutes makes their head want to explode into space. So <laughs> the simplest form is just, let's just slow down 1% and see what we discover as a result of doing that. If you delay reaching for the laptop by 30 seconds or answering that text by 10 seconds, or popping onto TikTok or Instagram or Snapchat by a minute and just instead slowing down and having a question of the week that you can ponder, I think is a, a really great start. Because to your point, very quickly sport goes from something that you love to do to something that you love to do, but more importantly, have to do. And now it's kind of who you are and have to do. And so tapping into, and I sometimes love doing the work with athletes to tap into that young seven-year-old that was out there just kicking a soccer ball, right? And getting grass staying on his shorts and just enjoying that and playing out the Scottie Pippen final shot or the Michael <laughs> final shot and remembering that. And as you do that, hopefully it, it brings a smile to your face. And if it doesn't, then that's some ongoing work of what is it about that? Is, are those early years tainted in some type of way? And we don't have to get into that too much, but the value of slowing down and just noticing can have a profound impact on one's ability to recognize just how full and whole and comprehensive they are as a human being beyond just who they are as an athlete. 
That's beautiful. Really well said. Yeah. And, and, and last night I hesitated to pick up any devices and I just put on a song and I think it's a song they play like at the end of Goodwill Hunting. And it just for 30 minutes took me to like a place of um, just complete peace and like connection with that movie. And it's what I needed. You know, it, it, it did not involve distraction or moving away from that place. And so, you know, there's something too, like going to those places of just feeling what you need to feel, being with where you're at and allowing yourself to have that. And I think as athletes, sometimes we're right next practice, always got to keep moving, uh, which is really healthy and that you don't get stuck um, in any mood too long. And you always have really positive habits and work ethic, but it can sometimes move you past some things that you need to, you need to go through or feel. You got, yeah, you got to have a reset, even if that reset is a three minute and 10 second song. Um, And that's, and that's another problem with athletes, problem with athletes and another problem with society is when we talk about meditation or mindfulness, we think that that means that you have to go to this entire weekend silent retreat where you have to sit down and do a 20 minute visualization and sit on a cushion cross-legged and do that whole thing. And meditation me it could mean just pausing at a traffic light and taking three deep breaths stopping and literally smelling a rose for three seconds that's meditation listening to that goodwill hunting song for three minutes is that's meditative and that is 100 percent more meditative than zero percent meditation right i like how you're talking in the percentage uh points i just finished uh, james clear and atomic habits and if any of you haven't read it you know really excellent read i think he's atomic habits slash athletes atomic habits slash relationships and you know we're all like sitting here and people are listening like yeah i know it's a quarantine i should start running i should start cooking right they can add into this like shoulds but it's, you know getting this focus on to just try and improve whatever it is you want to improve by one percent you know can i be a little bit more patient can I be a little bit more vulnerable with my family today about what I'm going through in the quarantine by 1%? By 1%, can I get off the, you know, I'm the captain of the ship and I can just be, you know, on the Jolly Roger with everyone else, you know? Um, can I be creative, you know, more uh, 1%? So I think those little scale, then it creates really easy measurables and, and it's, you can accomplish them. Uh, and gain some confidence in any direction, even if it's one minute of meditation, right? Or 30 seconds. Dude, no doubt. And regardless, you're checking the box. And I'd have to go into the research on this, and maybe it doesn't work for all personality types, but whether I went on 26.2 miles or pick up mail from the post office, my brain still feels like it accomplished some shit. Like it got something done, you know? So even if you accomplish a really, really small task, that's still going to bring through some good feeling dopamine that increases the likelihood that you're going to get another small task, though maybe a slightly larger small task done the next time. So starting so small, and again, at the neurological level, if you look at it as building a highway and there's just a forest, well, the first time you just have to walk through it. And then you throw some dirt down and then you throw some gravel down and then you throw some concrete down and then it's one lane and then two lanes and then four lanes and 
it's flying by. Then there's a high-speed train on it as well. And then you have uh, uh, Elon Musk doing a hyper thing. So, <laughs> But it all starts with that real small thing. And to the brain, it's just building neural pathways. So whether you exercise for 30 minutes or 30 seconds to the brain, it's still one walk through the forest. So if we tie it, you know, into, into my endurance and I have some more questions to ask you about last dance. Now that I know you remember you're from Cleveland, mm -hmm. outside from a Cleveland fan, uh, but uh, <laughs> the pump in the air. Oh man. The worst, the worst the feeling. I know I, I was like, I was rooting for Craig Elo so badly in that moment. <laughs> you know, it's funny how, because Ron Harper had that little thing, and I want to hear your question, of course. Yeah. <laughs> Ron Harper had that little thing that he said if he was guarding Jordan, that shot wouldn't happen. And you wonder, if Ron Harper was covering Michael Jordan, if some of the history of Cleveland sports would have been forever changed as we know it. It's so simple, right? 1%. And then it changed his career, too, because then he got like – he went and joined all the champions <laughs> after that <laughs> right yeah you uh -huh. wound up joining uh kobe and winning with kobe and Shaq, right that that must be crazy to, to have his perspective um playing with both yeah all the people who played with both um uh yeah but it but it also must make it even more redeeming when lebron did uh, eventually bring the championship to oh man yeah for sure and and that's a guy that just uh you know, obviously we appreciate a lot in Northeast Ohio seemingly is, is doing it right. Um, and was at the watch party when they won out in, in uh, SF and, or Oakland, I guess. And, and then um, stood for 12 hours like this in the 90 degree heat to wait for the parade. So it was a, wow. yeah, it was definitely a special time, man. Make sure to a great time for the city. But going back to your metaphor about, you know, building the highway, you know, are you seeing the mind doors? People can go on, they can read the blogs, they can, you know, take little bits uh, to improve their understanding or their awareness, or they can go on and do two minutes and just practice with yourself or myself or any provider breathing and slowing down before they go practice or, or you know, before a game. Yeah, it's really a, a pick your own adventure and you can kind of stepwise your way into it. So as an athlete, if you're somebody that maybe just wants to read an article or two or you want to watch maybe a YouTube video about a particular sports psychology topic or you want to listen to a podcast episode about a particular sports psychology topic, that is all there underneath the Mind Durance Learn pillar. And that's all free content that people can check out and just kind of sharpen their mental acts without having to deep dive too much into it. But naturally... I can read about fitness, but the magic happens when I hire a personal trainer. I really kind of have something that holds me accountable. And so the Mindurance Now pillar is the service arm of Mindurance that one of the providers put this so great. It's like having a sport and performance psychologist or consultant in your back pocket that you can contact at any given time. And when someone's available, you go and check them out, read over their profile, they're available, you call their number, and you can pay per minute for coaching services. So we have the tendency to think that help-seeking, particularly in this kind of mental training, coaching type of thing, that automatically means our schedule is going to be filled up for two hours. Half an hour driving in, 50 minutes to an hour of the session, half an hour driving back. 
And we really wanted to trim the fat a ton of recognizing no more commute, no more super heavy intake paperwork that may or may not be even used. Go online, you find a provider you like, you sign up, you give them a call, and you're able to have a conversation, whether that's five minutes, 25 minutes, or 50 minutes, it's still available. And then you make the decision if you want to call back again in the future or just kind of choose your own adventure and call whenever you want to. So it really makes sense for a lot of athletes and other performing artists who might be sitting in the locker room on their drive or walk or bus ride to practice um, and really trying to take the stigma out of it and increasing the, the access associated with it. And if people develop rapport with a particular provider, there's opportunities for recurrent, recurrent sessions. Absolutely. And if you want a different perspective, there's different providers for that too. So again, we've really, I'm a sports psychologist. I've been an athlete and I've created a platform with providers and for athletes. And so I hope I have a pretty good finger on the pulse of what these type of people need. And uh, I think that they would, uh, they would agree. It's amazing. How many providers are you up to now? And um has the quarantine changed your you know 2020 uh, direction at all yeah so we have 20 providers um that are located across the country and internationally as well so we now officially have an international presence uh launched seven weeks ago so it's it's a, i have to put that big... rv on a on a uh, barge or something <laughs> <laughs> that's true <laughs> absolutely <laughs> take this show on the road I'm that's our next the podcast the next... <laughs> absolutely. i have to get the antenna out <laughs> so yeah we have 20 providers um been launched seven weeks and obviously things are, are slow to start in, in full transparency. And I think it's for the reasons that we talked about before of athletes are still trying to figure out how exactly they're feeling about it. And, you know, with no immediate season, you know, do they really want to work on kind of sharpening the ax? And so my major goal, and I think as uh, the rest of the providers would agree is just establishing awareness right now that there's this platform called my endurance and when you're ready we're going to be there for you and it's as simple as that we're not going for the hard sell and being all over in front of your face and offering a new webinar every single day it's when you're ready for us we got great kick-ass providers that are ready to chat with you and whether you're experiencing some demands of the quarantine some demands of returning back to physical activity demands of returning back to full-on training in the season and that's a little stressful for you we got you covered or if you're feeling all right but you just want to sharpen the mental axe because you know other people have been lazy and not working on it and you want to come in more mentally strong than you did in your previous season we got you covered. And if you have a combination of both or just want to figure some shit out as far as stress management and performance enhancement and your particular performance demands, we got you covered. And so, yeah, I like you said that. Cause like when you looked when you just, I know that we keep tying it into last dance here, but right. When you look at like the successful, the greatness players always looking at for the advantage, always looking at, you know, how to defeat their opponent. You know, whether it be, you're right, the mental edge the Pistons had over the Bulls. They, they, but in this case, if everybody's been out and everyone's been affected, 
then at some level, the player, not only that one who takes is maintaining their fitness and their nutrition or their recovery, I mean, what an opportunity to recover. It's, it's, it's like your full-time job right now. You've never done it before. Um, but those who begin to use and learn about mental skills and engage with someone who helps them look at the aspects of their game where maybe they were not skilled or they were challenged or they identify areas where they were having uh, some failures and situations and they want to target that, you are going to have a leg up on your opponent. You really are. You really are. I mean, does it guarantee a championship? No. But the metaphor that I like to use is the birthday party. If I'm going to have a birthday party, I want to make sure that I have good food, good drink, good music, invite cool people, have it at a cool setting. Now, and that's all going to increase the likelihood of a good birthday party. But that couple, and we all know that couple, <laughs> will come and still get in an argument and sour the birthday party. That's possible. But I sure as shit would rather have good music, good food, good people, good environment, all of those things, because it's going to certainly increase the likelihood and give that birthday an edge to a birthday that doesn't have those things. And so that's the metaphor I like to use. And you're exactly right. Now's a perfect time to start birthday planning a little bit, <laughs> and getting a bit of, uh, and getting a bit of that edge, right? Um, you take advantage of physical fitness, you take advantage of sleep, you take advantage of nutrition. And this, uh, the mental piece is a really important additional way to make sure you have all your ducks in a row. It's a great metaphor. It's a, I was like, I was at that party. Um, yeah. <laughs> just cool people, man. I I, yeah, you know, but I mean, the same goes. I'm having the best podcast guests in April and May. I'm so excited. You know, you have great guests, you have great topics. And then, you know, it's like how many people have come to me and been like, you know, and then my technology wasn't working. It's like, it's a whole nother level of, you know, you got people, five kids in homeschool and uh, everyone's on the same Wi-Fi network. So it's like, <laughs> I mean, there's all kinds of unique problems that will always arise, but being prepared, you know, control the controllables. That's what, you know, Ken Revisa used to say, right. And helping athletes focus on that. I'm hoping a lot of teams are now you know, are looking at what kind of teammate are you? You know, if you're a leader, are you reaching out to every layer on your team, player on your team? If somebody was struggling with stuff during the season, chances are, you know, or even if they weren't, you don't know if somebody's family member could be ill or maybe they could just be struggling with the same things you are motivation wise. So that's, that's an area you could ask yourself to grow in leadership wise. Um, so, so many. So, so many, many so many roles, roles we don't even see. I had uh, Alex Molden on the cast last week. It's going live. He's a Nike coach, former um, San Diego Charger. Uh, and he was talking about he was a, you know, top Division One player for Oregon Ducks. And then you could draft the NFL. And, and nobody's telling you your weakness because you've always been great. And finally, you know, he had a coach that was telling him, taught him technique, taught him, you know, how not to get beat on the deep ball when you're up against someone who's faster or as fast as you are. So, you know, at some level being ready to look at the skills or parts of ourselves that, you know, could be developed further. That's a strength. When you start opening up feedback. Dude, you ain't, you are not kidding. And <laughs> I, 
I can remember getting defensive about constructive feedback, right? Because when you grow up and you're an all-state linebacker, everything is good. Everyone's kissing your ass and such. And so when you finally get that constructive feedback back, it, it's a little rattling and disjointing. But the more that you can learn how to accept that and absorb that uh, with gratitude, knowing that some of it's going to land, some of it's not going to land, is really huge. And to your point, you don't have to wait for someone else to give that to you. You too can assess your performance, whether that's in athletics or performing artists or in business or in life. What are you doing well? And what are the areas of opportunity that you can continue to work on? What helped you, what helped you flip that switch as an athlete, Steve? What helped you finally go, uh, I'm on to hear this? Uh, having it come from somebody that you trust and respect, I think is really important. Um, age doesn't, doesn't hurt the cause either. I think we soften a little bit in some of those ego uh, edges uh, a bit. Having a consistent voice. So with football, it's kind of constant. So you either like absorb it or it's going to just continue to be really, really annoying. And I think the manner in which it's proposed and, and communicated to you. And so some folks do not give feedback great. And just because we're saying feedback doesn't mean negative feedback either. So, hey, Richard, that was a great podcast. <laughs> right. Or, okay, well, what, what does that mean? Uh, it feels good to get that feedback, but what, is that, what was great about the feedback? the podcast. Right. How, how good are you at the, the sandwich approach and, and, and describing what was great about it and what was different? In fact, I have a, a one or two really close friends and the best gift they're giving to me when people ask me about this show and what's kept me going has been like, you know, my, my friend would, we started with a friend of mine and afterwards we'd go sit and I'd, you know, we'd have pancakes and Denny's and he'd say, yeah, it's, you know, similar to your 1% comment. Hey, tonight you, you talk for five minutes. How come so little? Like, you know, we had co-hosts and stuff, but, you know, or tonight, you know, you talked a lot, but you sounded a little bit textbook, but then we have pancakes, you're relaxed. And I love having <laughs> this conversation, right? So that kind of feedback was beautiful because it was positive, it was caring, and it invited curiosity in myself of like, wow, I'm putting so much pressure. I'm trying to be, you know, I'm similar to what you were saying, sound exact. I want to be accepted as a sports psychologist. I want to prove that I know but you're trying too hard and in a way, right, you're not enjoying it. And so it's funny how like the same way I played basketball was applying to how I was operating on a podcast. So it's the feedback is such a gift. And every time you get that and someone shows you evolution, they're like, Oh, I, I notice not only are the guests getting, you know, they're really quality, but like the, the conversations are getting really interesting. And you can see now in the show notes every five minutes, wow, look at, look what we covered in, in, in less than an hour. Um, and, and adding more value to our listeners and, and you know people visiting the platform. I th there's so much in that Denny's <laughs> example that could be its own two <laughs> version hour two podcast, podcast version two. Yeah, I mean, so true. And, right on demand anywhere, how you want, where you want, when you want, with who you want. That's my Lawrence way, right there, brother. So, you know, thank you so much for making time and joining me uh, during your hibernation beard growing phase uh, here in the quarantine. Steve, tell people, uh, please, how they can reach you uh, before I sign off and give a word to my sponsors and how they can find 
my endurance should, should they want to see if it's benefit for them. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate the opportunity, Richard. This was super fun. And anytime, yeah, have me back. Uh, the website, www.mindurance.com. So it's mind and endurance as a hybrid. So M-I-N-D-U-R-A-N-C-E. I'm sure it'll be in the show notes as well. And then I have a Twitter account, Instagram account, at Mindurance. Again, M-I-N-D-U-R-A-N-C-E. On LinkedIn, got a Facebook as well. So plenty of ways to track me down. We're putting out content every single day, article of the day, a related YouTube video from YouTube, podcast episode as well. Um, so just keep the good fight going, right? That 1% really resonates. We keep thinking that we got to go from zero to 100 all the time. And if this quarantine has taught us anything, that there's huge magnitude in small things. So if yeah. we all can appreciate those little things a little bit more. Staying connected, you know, the, the value, a lot of, I know we're summing up, but you know, the value of like people really want to be seen. And so, you know, you look at the neighbors who I used to see all the time and you don't even say hello to them now that we're both with the masks up. So that effort of like, you know, you see the eyes, you look up and just waving, you know, the gesture of I see you. And so, yeah, the one-on-one -on -one connection of being seen, and if you can't be seen, if you are isolated or if your home environment is really tough and people are triggering you, and that happens in families or in teams, uh, being able to reach out to a trusted provider on my endurance where people are skilled and knowledgeable in both sports and clinical psychology, um, you know, I can, uh, you know, certainly attest to uh, the quality of the team being built there. And I hope people will continue to use it as a resource for the time to come, for both our sakes. <laughs> I, I appreciate that, Richard, and, and well said. And, and I see you and so thankful for uh, seeing me today as well. Thanks to Steve Gray for joining us and his Mindurance portal. Thank you all for tuning in on behalf of Richard Listens. If you haven't, please, once again, visit patreon.com slash Richard Listens. And looking forward to bringing you more impressive guests and shows this week. Thank you so much. Uh, thank you all for tuning in. I appreciate it. Please, if you can, check out my Patreon page.com, patreon.com slash Richard Listens, or Instagram, Richard Listens. Uh, you get the theme. We appreciate all your support and interest. We're now up on iTunes, Spotify. If you're interested in therapy, teletherapy, any kind of consultation, please don't hesitate to reach out to me through my website, richardlistens.com. I'm happy to help and support in any way through any kind of strain, support, or isolation you are going through. We are here to alleviate strain and suffering. Thank you all for tuning in. I'm Richard Listens, and I'm out. I'm a big fan of MMA sports. It's rough and elegant at the same time. I think my number one fear of stepping into a ring like that would be protecting my teeth. Luckily, the guys over at Impact Dental Designs have created an amazing mouth guard that is state of the art. These mouth guards are currently being used by some of the best MMA fighters, but even better, they can be tailored to any sport. Football, hockey, boxing, soccer, the list is endless. Head over to impactdentaldesigns.com slash richardlistens to get 20% off your order and a free customized design for your mouth guard. Lastly, I'd like to proudly mention our sponsor, Injitsu.com, providing remote at-home training from some of the world's top MMA fighters. These classes are not pre-recorded. These trainers come to you live and coach you for the duration of the session. 
I've personally taken a few of these classes and I've never felt so inspired and accomplished in a workout session. They'll leave you both on the floor in exhaustion and with a drenched shirt. There are still slots available for online classes, so head over to injitsu.com slash richardlistens to get your first class free. That's I-N-J-I-T-S-U dot com slash richardlistens. Take care, everyone.